Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. How are you doing today, Patricia? I'm good. I'm good. But before we dive into more of that, tell me what your article's about just so we have a sneak peek. Yes. So today I'm going to be talking about, so like we talked a lot on the website and on the podcast about the ways that your work and your family life can conflict and how to solve those conflicts. But mm-hmm. today I'm going to be talking about another perspective, which is that your work and your family can actually enrich each other and to help people think through what might those ways be so they can be more cognizant of them and maybe uh, take them into account more when they're thinking about their work-life balance. That sounds fun. Yes. How can work enrich your life and vice versa? Sounds good. Yes, yes. Well, fabulous. Can't wait to hear more about that. Um, Speaking of enriching your life, what did you do this weekend? Um, so this weekend was one of my only weekends or the like only weekend for a while where I'm actually just like home with Brendan. And so I, we basically just like hung out and did fun stuff. Like on Friday we went to dinner and then came back and, oh, we watched the fire festival documentary. Very interesting. Ooh, interesting. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's good. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it and then I did like it. Um, and then on, and we just like hung out. I drank like three cups of coffee and ate some, <laughs> uh, and ate like a few chocolates. And that was my Friday night treat. And then, Ooh. um, <laughs> and then on Saturday we went, uh, it was beautiful on Saturday. So we like walked around downtown, uh, old town Alexandria and, um, we went and got some lunch and then, um, I actually slept for 11 hours on Friday night, which <gasps> is so awesome. Wow. I know. I feel like I needed sleep. I just like didn't set my alarm on Saturday and I was really happy nice. that I did that. Um, and then when I finally like came to life, we like walked around and got lunch and ran some errands and stuff and then um, came back to the house, like was lazy for a little while more. And then we ended up going out to dinner and walking around in Old Town a little bit more. And then we came back and like had some drinks and um, then I went back, went to sleep and I slept again for 11 hours from Saturday. Wow. You really needed some sleep. I know. I feel like it's like not necessarily a good thing that I slept so much because it means I really needed sleep, but I'm really happy that I slept because I obviously needed some rest. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yes. It just shows that you need to prioritize your sleep. You know, that research tells you to do it. I know. I know. I usually get no less than seven hours but with traveling and all that kind of stuff, you know, like it sometimes mm-hmm. you have trouble staying on normal schedule, like time differences and whatever. So I was like a little off and I feel like now mm-hmm. I'm back. I'm back on. Woo. Good. I'm glad. Glad to hear it. How about you? What'd you do? So this weekend was Danny's bachelor party weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, Which I mean, whatever. He had a good time. But I got time alone at home. And it's also the same thing as you. Like, this is like the last weekend until literally the last weekend until the wedding where I'm just at home doing nothing. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, it would have been nice to have him there because the weekend before was my bachelorette. And so we're not going to have a weekend alone together right. until our honeymoon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but <laughs> it was still nice to have 
like nothing to do. I like intentionally didn't really make any plans. I went to lunch with a friend, um, got some sushi and then I got a facial and, you know, I did like some relaxing stuff on Saturday. I, um, I binge watched Queer Eye, which I love that show so much. I still have Um, to watch it. Like I want to sit down and be prepared to like cry forever. Yes. Be prepared to cry and then be so happy that you did this to your life because it's amazing. I love it so much. Um, Yeah. So I like binged the whole third season basically on Saturday. That's awesome. Um, It was the most chill day I've had in months. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it was really good. And then Sunday was more of like a getting stuff together again since um, I'm leaving tomorrow for like basically almost two weeks. And yeah. So trying to get myself organized, figure out what on earth I'm going to pack because it'll be like in Florida and South Carolina and then with you in D.C. And it's like all different weather and all different types of things I'm doing. So I just don't even know. I'm still struggling with that. But um, so Sunday was a little more productive, but I did have a really relaxing Saturday and it was definitely needed. Yay. That's so exciting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's good that we both had some like a little downtime because I feel like the next week. I'm really excited for everything that's coming up. I'm so happy that you're going to be out here. Like we're just doing a lot of work uh, related stuff while we're together. And then we have like our conference, which is super fun, but it's also just like tons of running around and going to sessions and seeing people, you know, and whatever. So you almost have to like brace yourself for the preparation Mm -hmm. of the conference. So, um, so I'm glad that we were able to both get in a weekend where we kind of just were more chill. Yeah, yeah, agreed. It's like the the calm before the storm because then we can I get back. I mean, the conference, all that, like you said, it's be really fun, but it's a lot, and you get pretty tired after it all. Yeah. And then I come back, and it's just like back to back weekends of stuff, like a lot of family stuff. Like my sister is turning thirty, so we oh. have that coming up. But then, um, then it's Easter, which is like a big holiday with my family, so we're gonna be back in San Diego for that, and then. We have family flying in from Poland to come to the wedding and okay. they're going to be here the week, like the weekend before we leave for Hawaii. And I'm going to try to somehow between getting ready for the wedding, show them LA. <laughs> I don't oh know how God. that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a little bit crazy. Yeah, that but, is a little bit crazy. Um, I think I'll probably make a list and things to do that my parents have to take care of, like in terms of showing them things while I, and I'll just jump in as I can. Um, but yeah, so it's literally just run, 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 run. And I can't wait for Hawaii where I can just breathe again. (laughs) Yeah. You'll come to life. Yes. But I mean, that being said, this week is going to be really fun too. Lots of work stuff, um, for both info and worker being. So, um, all good things and it'll be really fun. Yeah, it will be fun. It's always like a challenge to get yourself prepared for like all the stuff they have to do. But then once you're there, you're like, okay, this is fun. Mm-hmm. I like seeing people. I like doing, you know, like mm-hmm. it's only like stressful thinking about it. And then once it starts rolling, it's fine. Exactly. And I think I always spend so much time trying to figure out like, okay, well, I have, you know, four days of this conference and like I, I mean, I'll be frank, I work from home. So I have like two rotating work outfits for when I travel to clients. Right. So if a client sees me back to back, then they're, they have an option to see a second outfit. But if they see <laughs> see me probably in six months, I'll probably rewear the outfit. They don't know. Which um, option so, do you choose? Client? Yeah. It's like, Ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, 
when it when conference time comes around, I'm always like, oh yeah, my rotating outfits. I need to add a little bit to it. And then what ends up happening is like I'll like retire one of my rotating outfits after the conference, and then yeah. I get down to like a smaller amount of outfits again. So every year around conference time, I'm like, ah, I need more work clothes because I actually have to be in front of people for more than just a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. Um, part of it that like yeah it doesn't make sense for you to own a bunch of stuff like that but then when you need it you're probably like no yeah I know it's pretty I mean maybe other people are better than me and have like lots of options but I'm like why I'd rather spend my money on things I wear more often and I agree just have a few like good options for for client travel so I anyways you'll get to see me sporting my new wardrobe for the next year (laughs) wow love it (laughs) it's very exciting I feel very important (laughs) yes it's like I do a test run at the conference before I I put the clothes into the cycle of client travel you get feedback you're like tell me what you think (laughs) anonymous survey feedback on your on your outfits and then you ditch the ones that no one wants it's like no one likes that top done goodbye (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yeah but anyways super derailed I want to hear more about this article because I want to enrich my life and my work cool I want to know all about that yes um so I think that this is actually something that I realized and it's like a normal psychological thing that people focus more on things that they need to avoid rather than things that they like have that are positive And so when I was thinking about what article might be good for today, I realized that we had talked a lot about work-family conflicts and the way in which your work might interrupt your life or your life might interrupt your work, but we haven't talked a lot about the way that your work and life might enrich one another, which actually is a whole other area of the work-family literature. Um, So I just thought it would be good for us to talk about that because there could be people might be so focused on conflicts that they overlook places where their work is making them better in life or their life's making them better in work. Mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, it's so easy to focus on the negative. I feel like that's just part of human nature. Um, So I'm excited to hear about the positive things because yes, like work, I mean, people love, a lot of people love their jobs and people hopefully enjoy their life as well. So there's positives in both. Why can't they interact in a positive way versus always in this, conflictual that's not a word conflicting way (laughs) but I'll I think it's a word it made sense we're gonna make it word conflictual instead of conflicting it's conflictual now guys (laughs) (laughs) just wanted to sound fancy and I I failed I think it sounded very fancy (laughs) Uh, good but anyways I do think that it is important to think about the positive so let's tell tell us all about the positive let's hear about it Sure. Yeah. So the article that I'm looking at is uh, called a meta-analytic review of the consequences associated with work-family enrichment. And it's by McNall, Nicklin, and Masuda. And it was published in 2010 in the Journal of Business and Psychology. And basically, we've talked about meta-analysis before on the podcast, but this is a roll-up of um, a bunch of studies on work-family enrichment and family work enrichment. So the extent to which your work enriches your family life or your life in general and the extent to which your life enriches your uh your life enriches your work so they looked at 21 studies for work family enrichment and 25 studies for family work enrichment um Mm. and rolled them together to take a look at across all these studies and all these samples what are the outcomes 
um, that are actually related to this enrichment. Um, but before we get into the outcomes associated with enrichment, I thought oh. that it might be good to sort of define enrichment and let you know sort of what people are thinking about when they're talking about this idea or this concept. Um, it goes by some different names. So it is important to recognize that work family enrichment also goes by the name of like positive spillover is uh, another term that people sometimes use to talk about uh, work life uh, enrichment. People might talk about it as work family enhancement or work family facilitation. Um, so there are different types of terms that people use. But the basic idea is that being a part of your job or part of your workplace actually makes you better at tackling your life and vice versa, that being enmeshed in your life actually makes you better able to tackle things at work. Um, so that's the basic idea from like a definitional standpoint. Okay. That makes sense to me. I, <laughs> I was just thinking about the different terms for it because I got stuck on spillover and like, I don't know why, but that has always bugged me because I've definitely, obviously I've heard that term before and I just do not like it. I feel like enrichment sounds so much more positive. Like even if it's positive yeah. spillover, like does anybody like spillover? Yeah, like what does that does even mean? It does sound terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So I enjoy the enrichment side. I think that makes so much more sense and it makes sense yeah. that defining it I think that's very helpful to understand that it's where you know being part of one somehow helps you in the other yeah I think life. I think it's easier to describe to people too when you're trying to explain it to like your manager or someone else at work to say you know enrichment is very clear but spillover does have this negative connotation like Things are just spilling all. I don't know. It just sounds messy. <laughs> it um, does. But but uh, the idea is that the good part, you have so much goodness in your job that it spills over. Like you're so full of goodness that it spills over into affecting your life or vice versa. Your life is so good that those attitudes and energies spill over into your work. But I agree <laughs> that enrichment is a much, I, I just think it's a cleaner term. I agree. I just imagine like going into your manager's office and say, um, you know, I wanted to share with you about my life spillover. Basically, my yeah. life is just <laughs> spilling all over this work and I hope you appreciate it. Sounds it. gross. Like <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I agree with you. That doesn't sound quite as wonderful. No. Um, yeah. So I think that um, something that is also important to recognize about this concept is that it's ha it has different dimensions. So the way that it's most frequently measured, and uh, there's this measure that a lot of people use um, by Don Carlson, uh, Michelle Kakmar, Julie Wayne, and Joseph Grisawas. And um, this measure is used in a lot of the studies that entered into the meta-analysis um, that we're going to be uh, discussing. But I just thought that it would be good to go through, like, what are the different elements of this so that anybody mm -hmm. listening might be able to take some stock of whether or not they feel that they have high or low, um, either work-life enrichment or life-work enrichment. Yeah. So, quiz me. Quiz me. Yeah, I will. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, work-life enrichment, when your work helps make you better in your life, and and truthfully this measure uses family um but it's 
applicable and can be tweaked to be relevant to aspects of your life. It doesn't have to be just your immediate family. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one dimension is on uh, development, like personal skill development. So if your work helps you to understand different viewpoints and that might help you to be a better um, contributor to friendships or family relationships or just a community member. Um, if you're exposed to different ways of thinking at work, you might translate that into your life. Um, mm-hmm. And it might make you more open-minded to other ways of thinking um, that you didn't have before in your life in general. Okay, interesting. So one component of this enrichment is that being open and seeing other things at work will make you open in life. So maybe you run into somebody at work that's like really different than you and you learn about their ideas and like their background. Then when you get into your personal life, maybe you're a little bit more open to um, other people that are different. I mean, this is going kind of more diversity in my example, but um, it could be part of it. Right. Or it could be like different communication styles. So maybe you've learned, you've been exposed to someone that um, communicates really differently than you. And then, Maybe the next relationship you start, um, that person communicates differently. Now you're open to figuring out how to best communicate with that individual. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. And and so part of that skill development is being exposed to different ways of thinking um, and applying that outside of work. And then another part of the skill development is if you gain some kind of knowledge that helps you in your life so you learn something new that helps you to better contribute to your life overall or if you gain a skill that helps you to be better in life so maybe Mm -hmm. you know you your job requires a lot of organizational skills and you haven't had to use those kinds of skills before on the job or on your life as much and you feel like your personal life's kind of a mess, but you're you're forced to be organized on the job. And some of those tools, like maybe like making a calendar or making to-do lists or whatever, help you actually, if you put those same practices into place in your life, all of a sudden you might become more organized in your life as well. I just think of my sister with this example because she works, you know, in events um, at, a, at a hotel. So she's um, helping coordinate and organize of corporate events really, but she's also my maid of honor. And that has been insanely helpful because she's taking her those knowledge and skills to help yeah. her family, me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but it is very applicable, right? Like you have to plan events at some point in your life. You have yeah. to, um, whether it's a wedding or like the bachelorette or the bridal shower, um, or really a birthday party for your friends or your kids or whatever, you're going to be doing that. So like in her specific job, as she's learned and grown and really organized massive events, she now can apply all of that to her personal life. So her events always, you know, look way better than anybody else's because she's got that skill set now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's, you know, exactly what, people sometimes overlook is like you just have a skill but you don't think like where did this come from you know Mm -hmm. um and so I think that that's really important to actually think about that and say okay well I didn't just get good at this out of nowhere um and where is it coming from so if there's something at work that you've learned that's helped you to be more organized in life like recognizing oh that's a benefit of my job that I've gotten to be you know improved in this area Mm -hmm. I totally agree that it's really important to think about like I'm thinking about myself as an example too and 
Um, I feel like I was always like a decent presenter, like I was fine. Um, but in this job, we went through this crazy presentation training when you first start and you're, you know, learning not just about the actual content, but like, how do you answer questions? Well, how do you present yourself properly? Like, so that you're clear and easy to understand and how do you translate really complicated concepts into something more simple? Um, so there's a lot of learning in that area and I'm you know I don't think I'm like the best presenter that's ever lived but I feel like I've definitely improved a lot and I'm more comfortable presenting like I don't yeah I used to feel like I had to prepare a ton and have like notes and think about some of that stuff but now I do it so often that presenting comes second nature like it's not a big deal if someone asks me to speak somewhere I speak somewhere I'm fine right um (laughs) and you know before I probably was a little bit more nervous about things like that but because of this job I've definitely grown a lot in that area yeah so if someone wants you to give a toast on the spot you can do it (laughs) um yeah I think also um you know a good example is just in in my job like I have to make arguments all the time like supporting my case with why like you know these are the three research-based reasons why I think that what I'm saying makes sense right um Mm -hmm. and that's actually helped me to think about how to articulate things in life that I know that I am not in agreement with somebody about something but I can't figure out like before I would just get frustrated and I'd be like oh like we disagree like you're saying one thing I'm saying another thing and like I can't get past it but it's helped me to communicate like well here are the reasons why I think that this is true and like let's have a conversation about that and then I'm like happy to hear their reasons why but it brings the conversation to a different place than just like kind of going back and forth with opinions and I feel Mm -hmm. it's actually helped me to like explain myself to people better and it makes conversations better outside of work because you're able to just communicate your points in a more concise and like meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See all these things we learned at work I and know. we have now applied nicely to our life and it's really yeah. enriched our lives in such a good yeah. way. I know. So, so that's one area development. Another area is affect. So if your work puts you in a really good mood and then you, you know, you pop out of work at five o'clock or whatever time And you just feel like you're a better contributor to your family or other relationships or um, to your community or your work makes you feel happy and then you feel like you're more happy or it makes you feel really cheerful and you feel like you're more cheerful. That is also a way that your work might make you uh, better at life is if you just generally have positive affect. Like positive affect, you know, um, from Penn State like positive affect is something that really impacts the way that you view even new information like if you're in a good mood new information gets interpreted in light of being in a good mood if you're already in a good mood Um, so you're less likely to take a hit with bad information and you're also more likely to just see the good in things if you're Mm -hmm. um, in a positive mood so it can help you to sort of reframe the way that you see your life if your work makes you feel happy. Yeah, I think it's important to define that affect in this case is really about emotions. Yeah. Um, I think that's not something that people typically use, but exactly. It's like having those positive feelings, that positive mood, um, which, you know, can go both ways, right? Maybe you have a really great day, um, a great weekend, and you show up at work and you're like happy the next day on Monday morning, which is weird because a lot of people are unhappy on Monday mornings. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there, I think it can go both ways. And I think it's, 
it's obvious. I mean, we think about the negative with that. When we talk about work-life conflict or um, any issues there, we think about that, right? You think about having a terrible day at work and you bring it home and fighting with your spouse. Um, but it's obviously the opposite as well. You could have a great day. You come home and you're in a bubbly mood and you keep that chipper mood going and maybe rub off on your family members or roommate or whoever, um, because you are now exuding this positivity. Um, so it does, it does kind of go both ways. I can go negative and positive. And obviously in this enrichment conversation, the positive is what we're really focusing on. Yeah. Yeah. So, so affectively your job can help you feel better about or be a better contributor to your life. And then the, the last part is, um, if your work makes you feel personally fulfilled or you feel, feel a sense of accomplishment or a sense of success based on your work, then you sort of approach your life, um, with those needs. You can kind of think about like feeling like you're fulfilled or accomplished or successful is like a basic need that people have for their self-esteem. And so if your work fulfills that need for you, then you can approach your life with less frustration and less anxiety and less guilt about not being able to see the ways in which you're successful. So if your work is a place that makes you feel like you can clearly see how you're contributing to a bigger picture and how you're um, being successful, you're getting positive feedback from your manager, you're just getting feedback, you feel like you're learning and growing and you're fe- you feel accomplished because you've tackled something hard. Um, those kinds of things from your work help you to approach your life from a from a steadier place of like higher self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, that also makes a lot of sense. Like it would make you feel good if you feel successful. Then when you go to your happy hour with your friends, you feel like you have something to talk about in terms of um, you know, your work. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just thinking from personal examples, like you go out and everyone asks how things are going and obviously they want to hear about your personal life, your relationships, mm-hmm. but work comes up all the time too. And, yeah. um, if you feel accomplished and successful in what you're doing, then you're going to have that confidence and want to talk about it. And it would obviously kind of, um, spill over into your life. Uh, what about the other direction? Uh, I assume yeah. that there's stuff there too. So the other direction is basically almost a mirror of what we just discussed. So if your family helps you gain knowledge or acquire skills or expand your knowledge that you bring to work. So if you think about like a reverse example of what I talked about with organizational skills, like let's say you're having a hard time being organized at work, but you don't really have a lot of um places in which you're like maybe you're early in your career and you're not like leading projects but you just feel like this is an area where you need to improve but let's say you take on a leadership role like um coordinating or being the coach of your kids little league team or something and that requires you to sort of hone in and take those organizational skills to the next level you might be able to translate some of those skills to your work in a way that you hadn't thought about before Mm -hmm. um so uh it's the same sort of mirror but in the other direction Interesting. I mean, it makes me think of moms. Like I hear this all the time and I think there's some research behind it too. It's like once someone becomes a mom or a parent, um, they time management, the definition of time management changes completely. And I think people just a lot of times get a lot better at that because they have to, they're forced to, and that would be your life impacting you at work because I'm sure that that then translates that when you get to work, you focus and can manage your time a lot differently just because you've had to adapt to time management um, constraints with having a child. So Mm -hmm. I think that that is probably an area where you might see something that happened in your life impact um, 
your your work the skills that you've gained and I think that goes to like schooling too like if you're taking any extra classes um you know that would potentially yeah. help you um and I do like the example that you gave with like coaching or you know any side hustle or extracurricular things that you're doing um could obviously impact whatever skills you're building be you're really interested in um I don't know, a different language and that teaches you something new about English. Cause I feel like you do learn a lot about your own language when you learn a different yeah. language. So yeah, maybe totally. there's something that you can pick up there and improve your communication or your speech or whatever. I don't know. There's like yeah. a thousand different examples, but I do see how, I think it's a little bit harder sometimes for people to think about how your life, how, what kind of skills you're developing in life, but it's really important because not only does it enrich your work, but it can help you grow um, your career. And I think we talked about this in our, our very first episode on callings mm-hmm. on how sometimes you might develop skills and things that you need for your next job or the position that you want. That's really your calling, um, based on the things that you're doing on the side in your personal life. So I think that applies here. Maybe you want to develop into a leadership role and you don't have any opportunities at your current job. So you do things like coaching or, um, you know, leading a committee or community group or volunteer group or something um, to get get you some of those skills that you can then apply in, in the workplace. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm seeing some workplaces that are more progressive around performance management um, that are actually thinking more broadly about the ways in which people can grow their skills outside of work. So like, if you can't find a project, like a stretch assignment, for example, to get somebody the competencies that they need in the workplace, Managers will actually talk to people about like, well, are there things that you're interested in doing outside of your work, like being on a board or something that they actually give their employees the flexibility to go outside of work to grow those skill sets. And then they'll advocate for the ways in which those skills might translate back into work. Um, Mm. So I think it's kind of cool and and something just to keep in mind because you're constantly growing skills. You're just not always thinking about them with a work uh, application. And then again, the, um, the affect piece. So like, does your family put you in a good mood? Does your family make you feel happy or your life make you feel happy? Does your life make you feel cheerful? And then when you go into work, you're like approaching your next work day with a good attitude. So again, you're going to be, um, looking at, at your work with, a, a more positive focus as opposed to focusing on what's wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That emotions tie in both places. Makes sense. Yep. And then the last one is different for family to work. So on work to family, it was the personal fulfillment, sense of accomplishment, sense of success. That doesn't really relate as much to uh, family, although I think if they broaden it to work, it might relate or to life, it might relate more um, mm-hmm. like a sense of accomplishment in life or a sense of success in life or personally fulfilled in life. But this particular measure does not. Um, but they talk about whether or not your family helps you to be more efficient. So like um, I really want to get to spend time with my family or friends or to do these activities in my life. So that wish to participate in life activities actually makes me use my time better at work or causes me to be more focused at work. So having an unending amount of time can sometimes make you less efficient. So appreciating the fact that while we can sometimes think about your work and your life commitments as conflicting, you also might think of it as, well, because I enjoy doing the things I do in my life, it helps me set boundaries on the amount of time that I spend in my work. And that might actually make me more efficient. Mm -hmm. So it's really that that focus on your life that you're um, going to be pulling on to help you become more efficient in the workplace yeah, and therefore exactly. probably more effective. And that also, if you're more efficient, then you get out of work earlier, which means you have that time to disconnect or 
um, do the other things that you love so you can recharge and refuel that by the time you get to work the next day, you're already doing better and you're in a better place so that you can continue to be more productive, more, more efficient, more effective at work um, than if you had just, you know, what is it? Burned the midnight oil. I don't know phrases. Yeah. Um, but whatever that one is, okay, that's good. The one. <laughs> I win. Um, but if you do something like that, then we've already talked about all the effects of that. So if you're able to become more efficient and focus more on your life, not just your family, but your life in general, yeah. um, then you can, it makes sense that it would make you just a better employee overall. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's kind of a little quiz that you can give yourself to see the extent to which you feel you are enriched in your work and life. Um, And so I just wanted to talk a little bit. The results of the meta-analysis are pretty straightforward. But Mm -hmm. just so you know why this is important to focus on, I thought that I might just walk you through a little bit. Please do. um, Yeah, why from a wellness perspective this is important. So uh, work-family enrichment and family-work enrichment – um, it are positively related to job satisfaction and they're both positively related to feeling um, committed to your job in an emotional manner. Like I really want to be here because I love it here. Um, so not commitment just because you're like, oh, I have a lot of sunk costs here or I feel guilty if I um, if I don't stay like but actually I I love being here and that's why I want to continue. So you're more likely to feel that way um, when your work enriches your life or your life enriches your work. And you're also more Mm. likely to feel satisfied with your job. Interesting. So we're going job satisfaction. I mean, everyone thinks that's important. Um, Everyone wants to be happy and satisfied in their job. Uh, Managers want their employees to, well, should want their employees to be satisfied with their jobs so they don't leave. And then you touched on commitment. We had an episode earlier about attachment. So it sounds very similar. It's like building that attachment to the workplace would you kind Mm -hmm. of characterize that similarly yeah yep absolutely uh you got it good yeah so then um the other outcomes similarly with regard to your life um your satisfaction with your life um was uh positively related to work family enrichment unfortunately in this study there weren't enough study there weren't enough studies that they meta-analyzed that had a relationship between family work enrichment and life satisfaction. So that's still a question mark, but they strongly believe that it would probably be related to life satisfaction, but not just your satisfaction with your job, but also your satisfaction with your entire life. Um, and specifically with your family or with relationships in your life. Um, there were also positive relationships between both work family enrichment and family work enrichment. So it helps you to like your life more and to be more satisfied with your relationships in life. Mm hmm. Which, I mean, who doesn't want that, right? Yeah. (laughs) I think for everybody, they want to be happy in their jobs. They also obviously want to be happy in their life. So um, sounds like finding that that good balance between learning things at work and bringing it to life and then vice versa um, can really help people just be happier overall. Yeah. And it's also important to note that work family enrichment had a little bit of a stronger relationship with job things like job satisfaction and affective commitment and work family enrichment had a little bit of a stronger relationship with family satisfaction I mean family work enrichment sorry had a little bit of a stronger relationship with um family satisfaction relationship satisfaction than um work family enrichment so the family to work stuff has a little bit of a stronger relationship to life related variables and the work to family stuff has a little bit of a stronger relationship with the work related stuff so in other words um the way that your family life impacts your work actually makes you feel better about your life overall 
And then yeah. the way that your work impacts your life makes you feel better about work overall. So they're just tend yep. to be kind of more related to the different areas that they're in. So if I'm yeah. learning a lot of really good things about how to communicate at work um, and I'm applying it in my life, I'm feeling really good about it makes sense, right? Because now I'm feeling really good about my job because look at this. I'm right. able to communicate everywhere So and because of my job. So great. Um, and then right. the opposite is true. So I have now coached this team for a while and I've built my leadership skills and I'm bringing it to work and look at how successful I am at that. Great job, life. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you kind of give credit to the place where it's stemming from. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. And then the last part that is cool is that both work family enrichment and family work enrichment were equally related to both measures of physical and measures of mental health. So um, things like somatic complaints like pains and aches or headaches um, or uh, more feeling just generally less healthy than your peers um, from a physical perspective or mental health issues like uh, depression, anxiety, um, general stress things of that nature were both lowered when you had work family enrichment and family work enrichment. Okay. So translating that again, just one more way, um, both of those things. So having your life enrich your work or your work enrich your life, help you feel better both Mm -hmm. physically and mentally. So you're going to feel less aches, less pains, less, I don't know, any other physical problems you might have. And then it's going to also make you feel calmer, less anxiety, less depressed. I mean, it makes sense because the outcomes here are the other things we talked about were like life satisfaction, right? So if you're impacting how happy you are in your life, then you would hope that would also impact your mental and physical health to some extent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So it's really important for your attitudes at work, your attitudes in life, and your physical and mental health. So there's a lot going on um, with regard to the extent to which your family and your uh, your life and your work enrich each other. Um, and one other thing that I just wanted to point out is that there seems to be some preliminary evidence uh, across these studies that the that work family enrichment and family work enrichment makes a little bit of a bigger difference for women than for men. Mm. And uh, they believe that that's because women tend to take on a greater number of responsibilities in families or in uh, maintaining relationships. And so that relief is likely to have a bigger impact on women than their male counterparts. Mm -hmm. Uh, That makes a lot of sense to me. So if you feel like your work can actually be impacting your life more positively and you are taking on, let's say if you're um, in a stereotypical traditional family, and as a woman, as a wife, you're probably taking on more of the household chores, um, more of the childcare based on research and data that we have, then if you're able to impact that life in some way, you're going to probably feel even better than your husband who might not have as much life responsibilities as you. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that those are all of the findings that I wanted to talk about. And I guess the last thing to sort of think about is what does this mean for people Mm -hmm. and one of the things that I think is just an important kind of straightforward takeaway is what we opened with that a lot of times we just tend to focus on the things we don't like about our work how it interferes with our life or how our life is interfering with our work but if you really take time to sit back and give credence to the ways that it's enriching and remind yourself of that, you can maybe make those things more salient for yourself so that you're not overlooking them on a day-to-day basis. So the first thing I would kind of say is set up little reminders for yourself to think through 
um, will initially think through the ways in which this is happening for you and then kind of remind yourself of those things when they crop up and take time to reflect on them because if you just pass over them but you spend a lot of time thinking about negative things, they're not going to have the same impact that they might. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So taking the time to really think about, okay, well, guess what? I'm doing this podcast and can present and speak so eloquently because of my job. And that makes me so excited. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Just taking that moment to flip the switch and think about things a little bit more um, concretely. I mean, it kind of, this is a little bit of a tangent, but it kind of reminds me of things like mindfulness, right? Like just being aware yeah. of what's going on in your day to day and really under being aware of those positive things as well. As the negative things. I mean, th- that's important to notice too, but you know, knowing that there are positive things that are happening in the workplace or in your different life areas that might be impacting the other space of your life. Um, yeah. And, and being able to notice that and actually appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think, um, so that's from like an individual level. And then if you are in charge of others or you have some influence over the organizational culture structure, um, making sure that you're supportive and sensitive about that employees are managing. Every employee is managing multiple roles across work and life and that that's okay. And that you should have a culture, an organizational culture that supports people actually being able to fulfill those roles without having to feel like they have to lie about one or cover up one, right? That uh, you actually help them to see the connections between their different roles as opposed to acting like those connections shouldn't exist or that they just don't have a life outside of work, but actually asking them about learning about what they do outside of work and helping them to make those connections to understand how everything sort of synthesizes together um, is really useful. Um, and so that means that, you know, understanding what's what employees are doing outside of work with regard to maybe opportunities to build knowledge and skills and talking with employees about how to translate that or if they're, you know, experiencing particularly positive emotions outside of work, like asking them about how that might impact uh, their motivation to take on new projects or uh, be open to new experiences that they hadn't been open to before at work or, you know, thinking through uh, how people might just feel a sense of pride um, in their in their family life or feel like they really want to spend time with their family and how that might help them to improve their work. So like just ta- recognizing that those roles exist and helping employees to make those connections, I think is important. A lot of managers, I think, just want to ignore that their employees have a, a life outside of work and that is just unrealistic and it's not going to help people to feel enriched. I think that there's also a second piece there. Like a lot of focus is on reducing work family or work life conflict. So a manager might be focusing on how do I give my employees some flexibility so that they can go and pick up their kid from school or, um, you know, take care of that sick grandmother or whatever it might be. Um, but this is kind of taking it a step further. So not only are you trying to help alleviate any issues that your employees might have or help them be able to manage that life, but seeing now that, you know, there might be some employees that don't have a lot of conflict. I mean, it happens, right? You're right. in a good place. Things are going well in your life. Things are going well at work. You don't have a lot of issues. So is that employee just ignored then? No. Let's yeah. think about how, okay, things are going pretty well for you. Well, how are you impacting both sides of your life um, with the other and t- and talking through that and showing that so that people can appreciate that, especially when they're not in a place of conflict or if they're in a place of conflict, maybe there's st- they're still learning things in both realms, for example. So 
not only can we help you alleviate that conflict, but let's think about this. You know, you're now having to manage your schedule, your kid's schedule, and your sick grandparent's schedule. And how can you apply that to work? And how has that helped you be better at work or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think also, you know, just recognizing that if you can create more meaningful jobs for people and help them to be able to make the translation from that into their life, like a lot, we've talked a lot about meaning um, at work and we've talked about the extent to which people, you know, feel really positively about the impact that they're making and, um, you know, feeling really tied to their work. Like if you can create a work environment where people leave the work day with those positive emotions and leave feeling fulfilled and you're giving people feedback and they feel like they're growing and challenge and tackling challenging things, like all of those things also have an impact. So it's like recognizing that people have a life, helping them make those connections, not trying to just like give people flexibility, but also like, hey, this is actually helping you be better um, here. And then also well, when they are there saying, okay, like how is the job that they're doing actually helping them to be better in their life? Like am I mm-hmm. putting people back out into the world that are in a terrible mood and don't know why they just spent eight hours doing what they were doing and now they're going to go out into the world miserable or are they going out into the world with a more positive attitude that'll help to facilitate that uh, life uh, positivity right back? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's great advice and it makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much for sharing this article. I thought it was very interesting and I learned a lot. And I think um, hopefully it'll let people think about things more positively, not just about the bad things. Yeah, I hope so. That would be good. Um, Thanks for listening to it. (laughs) Of course, of course. For our listeners, we'd love to hear from you. Do you have any good examples of how your work or your life has enriched the other? Um, We'd love to hear that. I mean, I would love to hear those examples. I think they're super interesting. So please let us know or let us know anything you want to let us know. Um, You can find us on our website at workerbeing.com. You can email us at workerbeing at gmail.com. And you can find us on social media at workerbeing. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson.